0: Hey guys, welcome back to Hero Book. Today I'm going to be reading the 16th chapter from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, Through the Trapdoor In years to come, Harry would never quite remember how he had managed to get through his exams when he half expected Voldemort to come bursting through the door at any moment. Yet, the days crept by and there could be no doubt that Fluffy was still alive and well behind the locked door. It was welteringly hot, especially in the large classroom where they did their written papers. They had been given special new quills for the exams, which had been bewitched with an anti-cheating spell. They had practical exams as well. Professor Flitwick called them one by one into his class to see if they could make a pineapple tap dance across a desk. Professor McConagall watched them turn a mouse into a snuff box. Points were given for how pretty the snuff box was But taken away if it had whiskers. Snape made them all nervous, breathing down their necks while they tried to remember how to make a forgetfulness potion. Harry did the best he could, trying to ignore the stabbing pains in his forehead which had been bothering him ever since his trip into the forest. Neville thought Harry had a bad case of exam nerves because Harry couldn't sleep, but the truth was that Harry kept being woken by his old nightmare except that it was now worse than ever because there was a hooded figure dripping blood in it. Maybe it was because they hadn't seen what Harry had seen in the forest, or because they didn't have scars burning on their foreheads. But Ron and Hermione didn't seem as worried about the stone as Harry. The idea of Voldemort certainly scared them, but he didn't keep visiting them in dreams, and they were so busy with their revision, they didn't have much time to fret about what Snape or anyone else might be up to. Their very last exam was history of magic. One hour of answering questions about batty old wizards who'd invented self-steering cauldrons, and they'd be free. Free for a whole wonderful week, until their exam results came out. When the ghost of Professor Binns told them to put down their quills and roll up their parchment, Harry couldn't help cheering with the rest. That was far easier than I thought it would be, said Hermione, as they joined the crowds walking out into the sunny grounds. I needn't have learnt about the 1637 werewolf code of conduct or the uprising of Elfric the eager. Hermione always liked to go through their exam papers afterwards. But Ron said this made him feel ill. So they wandered down to the lake and flopped under a tree. The Weasley twins and Lee Jordan were tickling the tentacles of a giant squid which was basking in the warm shallows. No more revision, Ron sighed happily. Stretching out on the grass. You could look more cheerful, Harry. We've got a week before we find out how badly we have done. There's no need to worry yet. Harry was rubbing his forehead. I wish I knew what this means. He burst out angrily. My scar keeps hurting. It's happened before, but never as often as this. Go to Mal pomfrey, Hermione suggested. I'm not ill, said Harry. I think it's a warning. It means is coming. Ron couldn't get worked up. It was too hot, Harry. Relax. Hermione's right. The stone's safe as long as Dumbledore's around. Anyway, we've never had any proof. Snape found out how to get past Fluffy. He nearly had his leg ripped off once. He's not going to try it again in a hurry. And Neville will play Quidditch for England before Hagrid lets Dumbledore down. Harry nodded, but he couldn't shake off a lurking feeling that there was something he'd forgotten to do, something important. When he tried to explain this, Hermione said. That's just the exams. I woke up last night and was halfway through my Transfiguration notes before I remembered we'd done that one. Harry was quite sure, the unsettled feeling. Didn't have anything to do with work, though. He watched an owl flutter towards the school across the bright blue sky. A note clamped in its mouth. Hagrid was the only one who ever sent him letters. Hagrid would never betray Dumbledore. Hagrid would never tell anyone how to get past Fluffy. Never. But... Harry suddenly jumped to his feet. Where are you going? said Ron sleepily. I've just thought of something, said Harry. He had gone white. We've got to go and see Hagrid now. Why? panted Hermione, trying to keep up. Don't you think it's a bit odd? said Harry, scrambling up the grassy slope. That what Hagrid wants more than anything else is a dragon, and a stranger turns up who just happens to have an egg in his pocket. How many people wander around with dragon eggs if it's against wizard law? Lucky they found Hagrid, don't you think? Why didn't I see it before? What are you on about? Said Ron. But Harry, sprinting across the grounds towards the forest, didn't answer. Hagrid was sitting in an armchair outside his house. His trousers and sleeves were rolled up, and he was shelling peas into a large bowl. Hello, he said, smiling. Finished your exams? Got time for a drink? Yes, please, said Ron. But Harry cut across him. No, we're in a hurry, Hagrid. I've got to ask you something. You know that night you were Norbert? What did that stranger you were playing cards with look like? Dunno, said Hagrid casually. He wouldn't take his cloak off. He saw the three of them look stunned and raised his eyebrows. It's not that unusual. You get a lot of funny folk in the hog's head. That's one of the pubs down in the village. Might have been a dragon dealer, mightn't he? I never saw his face. He kept his hood up. Harry sank down next to the bowl of peas. What did you talk to him about, Hagrid? Did you mention Hogwarts at all? Might I come up?" said Hagrid. Frowning as he tried to remember. Yeah, he asked what I did, and I told him I was gamekeeper here. He asked a bit about the sort of creatures I look after, so I told him. And I said what I'd really wanted was a dragon. And then, I can't remember too well, cause he kept buying me drinks. Let's see. Yeah, then he said he'd had the dragon egg, and we could play cards for it if I wanted. But he said he had to be sure I could handle it. He didn't want it to go to any old home. So I told him, after Fluffy, a dragon would be easy. And did he he seem interested in Fluffy? Harry asked, trying to keep his voice calm. Well, yeah, how many three-headed dogs do you meet? Even around Hogwarts. So I told him, Fluffy's a piece of cake. If you know how to calm him down, just play him a bit of music and he'll go straight to sleep. Hagrid looked suddenly horrified. I shouldn't have told you that, he blurted out. Forget I said it. Hey, where are you going? Harry, Ron and Hermione didn't speak to each other at all, until they came to a halt in the entrance hall. which seemed very cold and gloomy after the grounds. We've got to go to Dumbledore, said Harry. Hagrid told that stranger how to get past Fluffy, and it was either Snape or Voldemort under that cloak. It must have been easy once he'd got Hagrid drunk. I just hope Dumbledore believes us. Firenze might back us up if Bane doesn't stop him. Where's Dumbledore's office? They looked around as if hoping to see a sign pointing them in the right direction. They had never been told where Dumbledore lived. Nor did they know anyone who had been sent to see him. We'll just have to, Harry began. But a voice suddenly rang across the hall. What are you three doing inside? It was Professor McGonagall, carrying a large pile of books. We want to see Professor Dumbledore, said Hermione rather bravely. Harry and Ron thought. See Professor Dumbledore, Professor McGonagall repeated as though this was a very fishy thing to want to do. Why? Harry swallowed. Now what? It's sort of secret, he said. But he wished at once he hadn't, because Professor McGonagall's nostrils flared. Professor Dumbledore left ten minutes ago, she said coldly. He received an urgent out from the Ministry of Magic, and flew off for London at once. He's gone? said Harry frantically. Now? Professor Dumbledore's a very great wizard, Potter. He has many demands on his time. But this is important. Something you have to say is more important than the Ministry of Magic, Potter. Look, said Harry, throwing caution to the winds. Professor, it's about the Philosopher's Stone. Whatever Professor McGonagall had expected, it wasn't that. The book she was carrying tumbled out of her arms, but she didn't pick them up. How do you know? She spluttered. Professor, I think I know that's n- that someone's going to try and steal the stone to talk to Professor Dumbledore. She eyed him, with a mixture of shock and suspicion. Professor Dumbledore will be back tomorrow, she said, finally. I don't know how you found out about the stone, but rest assured, no one can possibly steal it. It's too well protected. But Professor Potter, I know what I'm talking about, she said shortly. She bent down and gathered up the fallen books. I suggest you all go back outside and enjoy the sunshine. But they didn't. It's tonight, said Harry. Harry. Once he was sure Professor McGonagall was out of your shot. Sneep's going through the trapdoor tonight. He's found out everything he needs and he's got Dumbledore out of the way. He sent that note. I bet the Ministry of Magic will get a real shock when Dumbledore turns up. But what can we. Hermione gasped. Harry and Ron wheeled around. Sneep was standing there. Good afternoon, he said smoothly. They stared at him. You shouldn't be inside on a day like this, he said, with an odd twisted smile. We were, Harry began, without any idea what he was going to say. You want to be more careful, said Snape, hanging around like this. People will think you're up to something, and Gryffindor really can't afford to lose any more points, can they? Harry flushed. They turned to go back outside, but Snape called them back. Be warned, Potter, any more nighttime wanderings, and I will personally make sure you're expelled. "'Good day to you.' "'He strode off in the direction of the staff room. "'Out on the stone steps, Harry turned to the others. "'Right, here's what we've got to do,' he whispered urgently. "'One of us has to keep an eye on Snape. "'Wait outside the staff room and follow him if he leaves it. "'Hawaini, you'd better do that.' "'Why me?' "'It's obvious,' said Ron. "'You can pretend to be waiting for Professor Flitwick, you know.' "'He put on a high voice. "'Oh, Professor Flitwick, I'm so worried. "'I think I got Question 14b wrong.' Oh, shut up, said Hermione. But she agreed to go and watch out for Snape. And we'd better stay outside the third-floor corridor, Harry told Sean. Come on. But that part of the plan didn't work. No sooner had they reached the door separating Fluffy from the rest of the school than Professor McGonagall turned up again. And this time, she lost her temper. I suppose you think you're harder to get past than a pack of enchantments, she stomped. Enough of this nonsense. If I hear you've come anywhere near here again, I'll take another 50 points from Gryffindor. Yes, Weasley, from my own house. Harry and Ron went back to the common room. Harry had just said, at least Hermione's on Snape's tail, when the portrait of the fat lady swung open, and Hermione came in. I'm sorry, Harry, she wailed. Snape came out and asked me what I was doing, so I said I was waiting for Flitwick, and Snape went to get him. And I've only just got away. I don't know where Snape went. Well, that's it then, isn't it? Harry said. The other two stared at him. He was pale and his eyes were glittering. I'm going out of here tonight and I'm going to try and get to the stone first. You're mad, said Ron. You can't, said Hermione. After what McGonagall and Snape have said, you'll be expelled. So what? Harry shouted. Don't you understand? If Snape gets hold of the stone, Voldemort's coming back. Haven't you heard what it was like when he was trying to take over? There won't be any hawkwoods to get expelled from. He'll flatten it, or turn it into a school for the dark arts. Losing points doesn't matter anymore, can't you see? Do you think he'll leave you and your families alone if Gryffindor win the house cup? If I get caught before I can get to the stone, well, I'll have to go back to the Dursleys and wait for Walter Mott to find me there. It's only dying a bit later than I would have done, because I'm never going over to the dark side. I am going through that trapdoor tonight, and nothing you two say is going to stop me. Voldemort killed my parents, remember? He glared at them. You're right, Harry, said Hermione in a small voice. I'll use the invisibility cloak, said Harry. It's just lucky I got back. But will it cover all the three of us? Said Ron. All, all three of us? Oh, come off it. You don't think we'd let you go alone? Of course not, said Hermione briskly. How do you think you'd get to the stone without us? I'd better go and look through my books. There might be something useful. But if we get caught, you two will be expelled too. Not if I can help it, said Hermione grimly. Flitwick told me in secret that I got 112% on his exam. They're not throwing me out after that. After dinner, the three of them sat nervously apart in the common room. Nobody bothered them. None of the Gryffindors had anything to say to Harry anymore. After all, this was the first night he hadn't been upset by it. Hermione was skimming through all her notes, hoping to come across one of the enchantments they were about to try and break. Harry and Ron didn't talk much. Both of them were thinking about what they were about to do. Slowly, the room emptied as people drifted off to bed. Better get the cloak, Ron muttered. As Lee Jordan finally left, stretching and yawning, Harry ran upstairs to their dark dormitory. He pulled out the cloak and then his eyes fell on the flute Hagrid had given him for Christmas. He pocketed it to use on Fluffy. He didn't feel much like singing. He ran back down to the common room. We'd better put the cloak on here and make sure it covers all three of us. It filled spots one of our feet wandering along on its own. What are you doing? said a voice from the corner of the room. Neville appeared from behind an armchair, clutching track of the toad who looked as though he'd been making another bid for freedom. Nothing, Neville, nothing, said Harry hurriedly putting the cloak behind his back. Neville stared at their guilty faces. You're going out again, he said. No, 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 said Hermione. No, we're not. Why don't you go to bed, Neville? Harry looked at the ground clock by the door. They couldn't afford to waste any more time. Snape might even now be playing fluffy to sleep. You can't go out, said Neville. You'll be caught again. Gryffindor will be in even more trouble. You don't understand, said Harry. This is important. But Neville was clearly stealing himself to do something desperate. ''I won't let you do it,'' he said, hurrying to stand in front of the portrait hole. ''I'll I'll fight you.'' ''Neville!'' Ron exploded. ''Get away from that hole and don't be an idiot.'' ''Don't you call me an idiot?'' said Neville. ''I don't think you should be breaking any more rules. And you were the one who told me to stand up to people.'' ''Yes, but not to us,'' said Ron in exasperation. ''Neville, you don't know what you're doing.'' He took a step forward, and Neville dropped Trevor, the toad, who leapt out of sight. Go on then, try and hit me, said Neville, raising his fists. I'm ready. Harry turned to Hermione. Do something, he said desperately. Hermione stepped forward. Neville, she said, I'm really, really sorry about this. She raised her wand. Petrificus totalis, she cried, pointing it at Neville. Neville's arms snapped to his sides. His legs sprang together, his whole body rigid. He swayed where he stood and then fell flat on his face, stiff as a board. Hermione ramped to turn him over. Neville's jaws were jammed together so he couldn't speak. Only his eyes were moving, looking at them in horror. "'What have you done to him?' Harry whispered. "'Is the full body bind?' said Hermione miserably. "'Oh, Neville, I'm so sorry.' We had to, Neville, no time to explain, said Harry. You'll understand later, Neville, said Ron, as they stepped over him and pulled on the invisibility cloak. But leaving Neville lying motionless on the floor, didn't feel like a very good omen. In their nervous state, every statue's shadow looked like filch. Every distant breath of wind sounded like peeves swooping down on them. At the foot of the first set of stairs, they spotted Mrs. Norris skulking near the top. ''Oh, let's kick off just this once,'' Ron whispered in Harry's ear. But Harry shook his head as they climbed carefully around her. Mrs. Norris turned her lamp-like eyes on them, but didn't do anything. They didn't meet anyone else until they reached the staircase up to the third floor. Peeves was bobbing halfway up, loosening the carpet so that people would trip. ''Who's there?'' he said suddenly as they climbed towards him. He narrowed his wicked black eyes. "'No, you're there, even if I can't see you. "'Are you a ghoulie or a ghostie or a wee student beastie?' "'He rose up in the air and floated there, squinting at them. "'Should call Filch, I should. "'If something's a creeping around unseen.' "'Harry had a sudden idea. "'Peeves,' he said, in a hoarse whisper. "'The bloody Baron has his own reasons for being invisible.' "'Peeves almost fell out of the air in shock.' he caught himself in time and hovered about a foot of the stairs so sorry your bloodiness mr baron sir he said crazily my mistake my mistake i didn't see you of course i didn't you're invisible forgive old his little joke sir i have business here Peeves, croaked harry stay away from this place tonight i will sir i most certainly will said Peeves, rising up in the air again hope your business goes well baron i'll not bother you and he scooted off Brilliant, Harry, whispered Ron A few seconds later they were there, outside the third floor corridor and the door was already archer Well, there you are Harry said quietly Snape's already got past Fluffy Seeing the open door somehow seemed to impress upon all three of them what was facing them Underneath the cloak Harry turned to the other two If you want to go back, I won't blame you, he said You can take the cloak, I won't need it now. Don't be stupid, said Ron. We're coming, said Hermione. Harry pushed the door open. And now that, you guys, was the first part of chapter 16, Through the trapdoor. This is a very exciting and adventurous chapter, as it is huge. So I thought I'd split it into two parts. So don't forget to come back tomorrow for the rest of it. Also, tell me what you think. And what other stories you'd like to hear me read on my Instagram page, Hear a Book Podcast. Have a nice day and keep listening.